Warm up your transformation cog and join Caleb and Jim as they journey through the Transformers more than meets the eye. Till all are one. Every night Welcome to Lost Light, episode three. Today we're going to be talking about uh, More Than Meets the Eye, volume three, as well as issue 22 and 23 of the previous uh, Transformers run, uh, also written by James Roberts. Yes, Roberts. Gotta gotta (laughs) say Roberts. Um, Yeah, before we get into the Transformers talk, uh, Caleb, I did finish watching um, Vampires vs. the Bronx. Oh, okay. Uh, you had started. Um, definitely not Transformers related, but uh, I enjoyed like the first three quarters of it. And I just really felt let down by the the grand finale of fighting the vampires and taking what they had learned from the movie Blade and that, that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see them like really lean into uh, blade homages for their final vampire fight. And it, it just kind of felt like they were like, oh, well, we got to wrap this movie up. So let's uh, kill some vampires and tie a bow on it. And yeah, it, it definitely, uh, the, the ending definitely got, got rushed and, or it almost seemed like they, uh, they just realized they didn't have the budget for whatever they were, they were wanting. <laughs> so they were like, man, how, how can we, how can we finish this up? But yeah, it's funny that Blade was 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 the one vampire movie they they decided to go with to teach them about vampires. <laughs> but yeah, I love that. Um, what what have I been watching? I started a new TV show called Mister Mercedes, based on a Stephen King novel. Um, it's on Peacock. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I'm enjoying it, but I'm not. I'm certainly not recommending it to anyone. It's a dark show, man. Um, it's it's. It's it's tough, tough to watch. So, but I mean, I'm I'm enjoying it. So, but I don't want anyone to go out there and watch it on my recommendation and be like, <laughs> "This dude is a sicko," because uh, it it's tough. Right. Also, also watched Primal, the first couple five episodes of Primal. Um, right, great. Can't can't recommend that enough. Uh, I know where we should start. We should start at the annual that was at the beginning of uh, Volume Three. Yeah, I was kind of figuring out how we could do it, how we should do this, because that definitely seems to be the way to go. We should do the annual and then maybe do those two parters because they seem to take place before um, the final few issues in the volume three. Yeah, I'm tempted to almost not talk about the annual as well because it was so kind of just boring. Oh, man. Uh, Previously, we had talked about how I hadn't hadn't read everything that I stopped at some point in the middle. And I realized that I had stopped after reading the annual because I was just like, oh, I don't know what's going on, and this is not terribly interesting, and everything that just happened here doesn't actually matter, so why did I waste my time reading this? So, yeah, I, I, t- I totally get that, because the annual is, um, it, it's, I mean, I'm probably, it's probably going to become a drinking game, me saying this, but world, world building, um, <laughs> world building, it's definitely... Uh, 
all that. I, 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 it's definitely boring because it's pretty much just information overload. Um, but me knowing what's coming and, and it does, um, it, it does have some significance. So there, there was a reason for it, but, um, okay. So the annual is basic. It starts off, um, our, our crew is in a, is in a fight with something with the, with these, um, nanocons they're calling them come to find out that these are like super small transformers that are inside of, uh, ultra Magnus. Think of like, a like the magic school bus episode where they go inside Ralphie <laughs> to fight the, uh, the flu. It's kind of like that. They got shrunk down and went inside and, uh, and fought them off. And then, um, they're, they're right there uh, almost at their destination or their, their first stop in their destination. They haven't made it to where the map is taking them, but they figured they'd stop here at, um, the circle of light, which are like a group of, um, re- religious, I mean, fanatics. I don't know if that's the word, but, um, it's like a religious group. Um, yeah. and, and they, they are like, they follow the, um, the Knights of Cybertron who is, uh, who our crew is looking for that, that, that's what they, they believe the map is going to lead them to. Um, and so they, they're going to stop there and see what information they can get. And also I think see, uh, like, Hey man, we, we got this map. You guys want to, you know, tag along. This is kind of like y'all's y'all's bag. So, um, so they get there and they realize the, the city's, uh, deserted. Um, so the important part of the annual Cyclonus tells the story of the guiding hand and the guiding hand is the, um, like the religious, the creation story for Cybertronians. And that only came about because, uh, what's his name? Who wants to record everything was like, Hey, I've never heard, uh, somebody who was a true believer tell this story. Yes. Um, they, they, they run across some like old Cybertronian, uh, writing, Right. And, um, they realize that, you know, um, Cyclonus, because of his backstory, uh, speaks old, reads old Cybertronian and, uh, yeah, rewind, re- rewind says, uh, man, I've never heard the, the creation, you know, story. So tell me. So basically, um, at the beginning there was Primus. Primus is, is the God of Transformers, yep. the creator. Um, and he created Mortalus, the Deathbringer, the necessary corollary to life, Solomus. Wisdom incarnate, Epistemus, knowledge personified, and Adaptus, blessed with an infinity of shapes. Those those are the guiding hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Mortalus, uh, because he's the Deathbringer, ends up um, turning on his his fellow members. Uh, they have a war. Um, Mortalus' last act had been to trap Solomus within a crystal prison. But the wise Solomus was able to reconfigure his prison so that he became a conduit for Vector Sigma. Vector Sigma is the um, the like core of Cybertron. Um, but more than more than life, his gift to future generations was his wisdom. He um, Solomus became the Matrix of leadership. If you've ever seen Transformers, you've probably seen the Matrix of leadership. Uh, yeah. So that he became that. Epistemus and Adaptus were not so lucky. Mortalists stripped them bare, reducing Epistemus to a brain module and adapt us to a transformation cog. Before they died, they offer themselves up as blueprints for future generations, thereby ensuring that Cybertronians had the intellect and functionality to meet the demands made by their environment. This, the generation of Cybertronians who first inherited these gifts vowed to put them to good use and left their miracle world to spread peace and happiness across the universe. Um, over time, they became known as the Knights of Cybertron, the, the people that our crew is looking for. Yep. So that 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 
that was obviously important to us, but I, I understand it's just information overload. Yeah, and then they found a giant transformer, um, and they used some magic uh, shrink ray and shrunk the giant transformer so it would have enough power to uh, blink itself. Yeah, the giant transformer is called a titan. They also have um, a, the the power of teleportation, and I guess uh, they they it was kind of a duex machina. They they jogged him awake enough to where he teleported <laughs> them all out of danger. Um, so yeah, that that was kind of what what that was all about. Yeah. Um, uh, really, other than that creation story, I, I don't think um, the rest of it really plays. Um, but that creation story, what was important for for the world building, um, and I thought it was pretty cool because they did like. I don't know if those were panels from it. They, they looked like they come from the original, like 1980s comics. Did you notice that with the art? Yeah, the art they, made it, they made it look like somebody who was trying to do something Kirby-esque. Yeah, it, it definitely. Um, so I don't think those were the original panels. I think, no. it was, like you said, they just uh, um, they just try to make it look like that. Okay, so we'll kind of move to the uh, other two issues from the yep. previous Transformer volume. Um, and this is a, a little two two part run called Chaos, and um, the the gist of this is this is before Optimus um, went into Vector Sigma, restarted Cybertron, which has kind of jump started the series that we're currently reading. Um, before they they went out there, Megatron surrendered himself. Right. These two issues are a, a flashback way back. Yeah, uh, Megatron's in. Uh, He's surrendered himself, so they've got him in a holding cell, and it's just these two issues are basically just Prime and Megatron sitting down, trying to hash out their differences and remembering the first couple times they've met. Right. Um, and so it's it's yes, it's flashback to before the war. Um, Megatron, he's he's sitting in a bar with a friend of his, and they're kind of talking. And Megatron's, you know, they're talking politics and stuff, and Megatron's like, no, you know, um, we, we've got to we've got to you know talk we've got to get our ideas out there to the people you know and, and get them he's, he's a pacifist basically is is what he i think he even mentions you know force isn't going to do this we you know knowledge is what's going to do this mm-hmm. uh, knowledge of of what the senate's doing uh, a bar fight breaks out he ends up getting arrested and then because he's been writing these articles and uh kind of criticizing the senate they send in whirl um, to basically beat the crap out of him, and it's, they want to kill him, but uh, it's he's interrupted in a prime arrest world, and um, looks into it, finds out that Megan was actually didn't throw a single punch in the bar fight, and um, releases him. Kind of says, you know, I, I read I read over some of your stuff. You know, I don't really agree with with everything you say, but you know, it's good to get the people talking. Uh, but Megatron leaves uh, disenfranchised, and he uh, throws his little tablet at this glass and uh, what what you see is the Decepticon, what, what you come to know is the Decepticon symbol in the glass. Right. Um, and then the second issue kind of takes Prime's uh, point of view from there. And uh, he's, you know, he's kind of been, his eyes have been open that somebody from the Senate sent Whirl to, you know, kill Megatron. And so he kind of wants to know why he, he arrests um, a couple people, but then more guys come and uh, kill a couple of his fellow officers and so he um, he basically drags Whirl's body in front of the Senate and uh, and calls them all out. And uh, because he's made such a public spectacle of himself, he uh, he can't really be you know killed like this. They're going to have to go a different different route with him. Right. Um, and he then at the end um, he's introduced to 
another sen- uh, another senator approaches him and is kind of like, man, uh, we, we need to talk. Um, and I don't know if they say that senator's name, but we, we, we'll find it out here in a few minutes when yeah. I talk about the next few issues. So what did you think of those? It, it was nice that they were both, they're pretty self-contained. Um, uh, as much as all of the other stuff that James Roberts has written, where it's a lot of the like, uh, world building and giving you these little pieces of information that you think might be important later. Uh, 22 and 23 were really more, uh, about like, he- here are characters, here are you know, introductions to classism and racism and police brutality and corrupt politicians. And just like, these are themes and topics that we can get into in Transformers, and they can be done in a smart way. Uh, it didn't didn't need to get us super bogged down in um, as much of the the world building and the creation myth and those sorts of things. So I can definitely see why uh, people were excited and interested, and this would be uh, these two issues would basically be enough to give him a blank check to go and and write more than meets the eye as much as he wanted to. Yeah. Um, these two issues are, I, first of all, I love any, any story where it's uh, just like a couple guys in a room and they're just like hashing it out. I think I, I always like those kind of stories and then uh, it flashes back and you know how it's going to turn out, you know, Megatron's not and, and Optimus aren't going to come and see eye to eye right. know, in the flashbacks, but you see where like it could have, and it, it just makes it a little bit more, um, tragic that you know they they could have come together and if they would have you know kind of both just sat down and if other circumstances would have wouldn't would have went a different way um what what could have been you know um mm-hmm. part of my favorite thing about this this um run is how it gets into the start of the war other than just the decepticons are bad guys um right and basically megatron started the decepticon party because in pre-war cybertron what you changed into your alt mode determined your um status in society what Mm -hmm. what you had access to and everything and uh he he was trying to speak out against that and uh they 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 get into a lot of that uh functionalist and um there's there's a lot of classes classism and sexism or um formism uh just a lot lot of that kind of stuff that was going on uh, whether you were forged or cold constructed which we'll get into i'm sure um there's a, there's a lot of that. So I, I really enjoy these two issues just because, uh, like I said, it's just what, what could have been. So they, they do just kind of throw that uh, forged versus cold constructed at you. And it's like, these are two, two options. Uh, I went back and I Googled those two words. Uh, and one of the early search results I found was just a random Transformers forum uh, where somebody had taken a picture of, those, of that panel and was saying, what? is going on here. What do these things mean? <laughs> uh, so to be able to experience that kind of secondhand that were forged and cold constructed are two brand new uh, Transformers terms that are clearly like creation methods. It's got to be pretty wild. Yeah, and it's, it's probably good f- like for you and for other people out there that are, you know, uh, experience this for the first time to realize, oh, I'm supposed to be confused at this i i it's not this isn't you know something that 
30 years of Transformer history, I, sh- I should know by now. Uh, no, this is all stuff that's getting thrown at you right right now. You're, you're going to learn along the way what, what this is. Mm-hmm. Do you want to get into Forged and Cold Constructed, or do you want to save that? you want to circle back to that? Uh, let's circle back to that. Uh, I have a feeling uh, we've got a voicemail uh, that's going to tie directly into that. Yeah, somebody out there had a question about that, I'm sure. Um, okay, so the the final three parts of, final three issues of Volume 3 is a story arc called Shadow Play. And um, if you remember, going back to, it, to Volume 2, Rung got shot in the face. Yep. Um, and so Rewind sits a couple of our crew down and says, look, Rung's, you know, they, they were able to fix his, his face, but his brain's, you know, kind of not responding. They say they think that uh, you know talking to him will help, and so I, he's kind of like because Rewind's yeah. an archivist. He has he's got all this data of you know uh, previous stuff, and he, he's like I've kind of searched for Rung, and uh, we were all in the same place at the same time. And I think if we all kind of sit down and tell this story, it'll help jog Rung back. And so they kind of start it, it. It goes back to before the war, just a little bit after the couple issues we just talked about from the other right. series. Um, and it starts out, it's basically a murder mystery. These two guys are, are walking down the street and they find uh, a Cybertronian strung up and dead hanging from, you know, above the street. Um, Chrome Dome and Prowl uh, are cops that come and investigate it. And that leads them, you know, on into a conspiracy involving the Senate, um, a young Optimus Prime, uh, Whirl, uh, pretty much a lot of our crew. Um, kind of gets caught up in this, yeah. And um, it really it, it it gets further into um how like um corrupt and seedy the Senate was uh pre Cybertron and what they were willing to do to uh kind of stop the Decepticon movement and just uh, keep a hold of their power. Yeah, excellent, excellent uh, synopsis of that uh, chunk of time uh, because it does it does cover a lot. So it does all happen in in like kind of a flashbacky situation. Again, uh, storytelling in the past tense, exactly like twenty two and twenty three uh, that we also read. Um, so definitely feels thematic for something that James Roberts liked to do. Um, so, uh, what did you think? Because uh, I was actually really surprised, uh, really pleasantly surprised a few minutes ago when you said you hadn't read this yet. Because this is my this is one of my favorite arcs. This little three part. Um, thing so yeah i liked where it it went um you know just telling that story uh that was all over the place like you said it's a murder mystery some noir throw in a little uh mission impossible action in there um and then all kind of wrapped up in that uh storytelling by people who were there who lived it um, and when, when people do that, I always think of that, uh, that Batman, the animated series episode, uh, where all the, the villains are just sitting around a table talking about the time that they almost got Batman. Yeah. I'm a sucker for this kind of storytelling to the flashback and everybody had a little, little piece of the story and they're all kind of putting it together. Um, interrupting each other just. So it, it was great. Um, a lot of our crew was, was involved and, and even in just little small bit parts and, um, uh, like you said, um, Optimus Prime does a full-on uh, Mission Impossible scene, which was great. Um, so um, I, I loved it, and it, it really got into a lot of the stuff. Um, um, 
Okay, so the dead body that they found at the beginning of the the ark, he was a, a senator, yep. and uh, it's made to look like the Decepticons killed him. He has a Decepticon symbol like spray painted on him, and so the, um, they prowl and chrome dome um, find that he was in this one part of the city because of uh, evidence, and so they go they, and they realize um, there's another senator that this guy was like friendly with, and that guy lives in this part of the city. So they're going to go and um, talk to this guy. And as they're like pulling up, this guy's body falls like right in front of them from, you know, his like sky rise. Uh, so they go up there and investigate and they actually find that the, the killers are still there. They, they go on a little chase and um, Chrome Dome even says like well, this guy, you know, uh, he turned into a jet and, and tried to like fly away. But the dude was, was like crap at flying. He was like, yeah, he, he couldn't fly for, for anything. He just crashed right over there. I didn't even do anything to him. Um and then the other guy was actually hiding in the in the the other room, and he came running out. And they that's when Optimus Prime shows up. Op, um, Orion Pax at this time, he uh, he was he has a senator friend that he met in those previous issues. And uh, around this time, he he was kind of um, looking into the same the same thing. The, right. uh, he heard about the one senator's death a few hours earlier, and so uh, he shows up, helps him get this guy, but the guy dies. And then this kind of gets into some wacky stuff. These guys, there was these places called relinquishment clinics. Basically, mm-hmm. if you were tired of your alt mode, you could go there and you could try out another alt mode. But what it was really, it was really just a front for what, what's called the Institute. Nobody even really believes it exists. This is just like a boogeyman tale. But that the uh, the Institute is the the Senate's uh, secret program to like reprogram your mind or or whatever. Um, yeah. but they had come to find out that it's real and what they were actually doing was taking people's sparks and putting them in another body. Uh, they like the one guy didn't know how to fly because he wasn't naturally in that body. And the other guy just exerted himself too much and kind of, um, croaked. So, um, so that leads them to, you know, on this whole thing about the, the Institute and everything. And they go and get the, get prime Senator friend. They realize he's probably next on the list, you know, because they realize that the Decepticons didn't kill these guys. Um, the Senate killed these guys and were making them look like Decepticons did it. Yeah, yeah. It it starts to get pretty deep into the, uh, I, don't, I don't think it's actually double crossing, but just like you start to build out what Prowl and Chrome Dome think happened. Yeah, this is basically like two cops coming across a murder and then coming to find out like the CIA did this. Uh, yep. You know, it's, it's basically like that. Um, so during this time, they mentioned Proteus' promise. Proteus was a senator, and he his promise was he'll he'll make the Decepticon Party an official political party if ten thousand people register as Decepticons. So basically, you can see through this. They want to get who they want to get everybody's name on paper who's a Decepticon. Uh, oh yeah. And so he promised if they got ten thousand by this by two days from now, they would make them they would give them official party status. And so now you know. Decepticons are supposedly murdering senators. That doesn't look good for the Decepticon party. But they come out and say uh, on the news, oh, no, these weren't the Decepticons. Uh, the Decepticons are innocent in this. This was uh, something else. So Prime and them kind of figure out that, okay, this is even, they're, they're being even dirtier by they're trying by, de- by de- saying that the Decepticons didn't do this. It, er- it makes the Decepticons trust Proteus. So, okay. You know, we'll go and sign up. Now, you know, we'll go and sign up now, and now yeah. we've got them. So it's basically like a triple cross to get get them to sign up and and, and figure out who they are. 
um, a prime had died around this time, and they were going to blow up his like uh, funeral, and uh, mm-hmm. and then and then blame that on the Decepticons. Um, so th- they they thwart it and everything, and uh, but it was just I, I thought it was really cool pre war story. I, I love the pre war stuff. I could have this whole series could have been pre war, and I would have would have loved it just the same. Yeah, so they they set up a crime. They made it look like the Decepticons did it, but then were able to easily prove that the Decepticons didn't do it, yep. so that they everybody would think that the Decepticons are getting treated fairly. Exactly. So they would sign up, and then as soon as they were signed up, they were going to blow up a bunch of people, un- pretending that is then the Decepticons to uh, basically make it seem all right that they then take all of the Decepticons who had signed up and throw them through the Institute process of complete brain wipes. Exactly. Yeah. You said it better, better than me. They were going to, they were going to use the Institute to mess with their brains. And they have these things called Impurata and shadow play, which Impurata, I don't know if you um, understood it uh, because I don't think it was explicitly stated. Impurata is where they take your head and your hands. So you'll see like whirl. uh, Right. World has just the one eye kind of thing. Um, he's an impurata victim. It's basically a public humiliation. And then shadow play is going in there and completely rewiring your um, thoughts. And then they go a step further with Optimus's uh, senator friend. And um, they say at the end that this was like the most extensive shadow play they've ever done. They basically completely wipe emotion from him. He, he, he'll never feel any type of emotion again. So and he 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 is a shockwave. Shockwave is is a uh, is a big time Decepticon. Yep. So that that's uh that's who he actually turned out to be. I didn't know if that was going to land with you because I didn't I wasn't sure if you knew who he was. Yeah, I know Shockwave. Uh, I think the Impurata thing was really cool and really well done. Um, I assume this is the first reference to it because that's the the James Roberts playbook, uh, but it. It gives you a reason for why most of the Transformers have, like, human faces. But then every once in a while you see these Transformers that just have, like, one eyeball kind of situation, like Shockwave and Whirl have. Yeah, there was another one that was um, in their little crew of uh, crime fighters. And this there was another one called Glitch that you were introduced to. He was mm-hmm. the same way. Um, and they can even take it a step further and take their hands and... Um, like Whirl, I think I don't think he has hands even to this day. Right. I think yeah. he's just got these like claws. It's like a three claw thing. I'm doing it for the for the listening audience, but um. <laughs> yeah. And the whole bomb situation is the uh, the kind of Mission Impossible uh, plus Xavier's Institute situation yeah. happens because uh, there is the the Prime who has passed away. Um, he's got. Uh, we're, we're pretty sure he's got a bomb in his chest where the leadership matrix, uh, usually goes. Um, and so they need to go get that out, but the area is patrolled. And the only way to get in is through the sky. And we just happen to be introduced to some transformers who have, what was it? They're, they're, they're called outliers and outliers. Um, basically every once in a while, You'll find um, a transformer that has like a, a extra ability, and um, Senator Shockwave kind of is like collecting these guys in his little academy, and uh, he even says like I've got one that turns into a truck, but he can generate force fields. He's like, there's no link between the two. 
his his thing is I'm trying to keep him safe from the Senate. Um, yeah. After Prime got into a fight in the um the two issues we read from the previous series, he was pretty banged up. And um when he met Senator Shockwave, Senator Shockwave said, "Yeah, you know, after you know, I had you repaired, I had you kind of remodified, and basically had him <laughs> remodified so that he could one day hold the Matrix." He's basically looking for people who shows the affinity to hold the matrix of leadership yep. and he's trying to collect them as well. Yeah. So he, he seemed like a nice guy, but he definitely was uh, had machinations going on that we don't even know about. Yep. That's basically where this uh, story ends off. Decepticons uh, are never really put on the list. They never really follow through that. They stop the explosion from happening and killing people at the, the funeral. And then we just are kind of whisked back to the lost light, unless I'm missing something else. No, um, the, the the one institute place that they found, um, they go back there and it's been like wiped out. And that's when they kind of realize that the institute isn't one place. There, there's like hundreds of these little um, right. places where they do this. At. Um, and then when we go back to the lost light, um, Rung has never really like stirred throughout all of this going on. And finally, um, Skids just kind of goes over and kind of makes fun fun of him for a few minutes. Uh, keeps getting his name wrong, which they say, you know, Rung hates, um, calling him eyebrows and stuff. And then uh, he keeps getting his name wrong. And then finally Rung speaks up and he's like, it's Rung. And so that was nice. You know, Rung, Rung came back and it ended up working. Yeah. Oh, there so. was the other, the other uh, piece that happened on The Lost Light um, was, uh, was it Red Alert? Yes. Ended up with his head chopped off. Yes, uh, during this whole flashback thing, there's also this side story on the Lost Light that they find Red Alert's body, and um, Rodimus and Ultra Magnus and a couple of others right. are trying to figure out what you know what happened to him. And their first thought is Cyclonus killed him because you know Cyclonus is big and scary, and you know everyone thinks he's a Decepticon when he wasn't. So they question Cyclonus and kind of confirm he wasn't there. He he didn't do it. Come to find out that Red Alert just um, it apparently committed suicide because he was so distraught. If you remember in the previous volume, he found a monster in the basement, uh, yep. is what his yep. words were. Um, and nobody would believe him, and everyone thinks that he's paranoid, because he is a paranoid guy, but just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you, as we saw with <laughs> uh, with Red Alert. So uh, Ro- uh, Hot Rod, Rodimus, excuse me, um, took that kind of hard that he, he couldn't help a member of his crew, and uh, kind of promised that they decided they wouldn't, they, they had a pretty good um, little conversation on the ethics of... Uh, waking him up he was in kind of like a forced coma yeah and um you know the, uh, rodimus wants to you know bring him back online and and figure out you know what was going on and, and magnus and them were like man there's no no saying he, he won't do this again like let's let's just leave him you know offline for a while when we have a more uh conducive environment to his recovery we'll bring him back and you know try to help him and that's the way it kind of goes. So I thought that was actually a really, really cool little conversation. And uh, mm-hmm. but that, yeah, that was the uh, the other aspect. That was where the the rest of the the main crew. That's what they were doing during this uh, story time. Yeah, and again, adding more credence to the previous conversations we had about Transformers' heads not actually uh, being super important. Uh, Red Alert took off his own head, uh, and they were still able to put him on life support, uh, mm-hmm. and. You know, he's still his his spark is still sparky. I don't know what whatever it yeah. sparks are, and you know everything's more or less there. It's just a matter of putting him back together, really. But, yeah. Um, 
um, yeah, so that I think that was I think we pretty much covered everything. Like I said, there was a yeah. lot of world building in all of this, and I love it. I ate it all up, but um, I know it can be a lot to take in. So, so I don't remember if it was uh, which chunks it were, but there was a lot of people who were saying specific times, like something happened at this, and they were just like these weird yes. cycle oh one um, stuff. Yeah, I don't even know that. Um, okay. Like I, I, none of I, I didn't read that and was like, okay, I know exactly what day he's talking about. <laughs> January fifteenth. Uh, no, I I just was assuming he was just giving dates like January fifteenth, nineteen seventy one. You know. Okay. So maybe somewhere there is there is a Wikipedia page with all of these dates, and that helps some people who are super into that sort of thing decide when timelines happen. I mean. Primus bless whoever did that. I mean, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, but all right. Want to get into our voicemails? Yeah, yeah, voicemails. Our first is from Neil. Hello, Lost Light Pod. This is Neil calling from the UK about More Than Meets the Eye, Volume Three. This week's book club. Um, one of my favorite volumes. Uh, I'm sure you've already broken it down in great detail, but I'm going to just talk about a couple of my favorite things from it. Firstly. My personal journey through More Than Meets the Eye is going from a man who didn't really care about the Transformers at all to a man who currently owns and specifically went on eBay to buy a toy of Ultra Magnus that looks exactly like his More Than Meets the Eye version. I am a huge fan of Ultra Magnus. He's my favourite character. I am his number one fan. If any of you reading along with the podcast would like to be Ultra Magnus fans as well. You certainly can be, but be aware the positions available are number two fan and lower. Uh, and it already started with this volume, this opening uh, this opening story, which I really enjoyed. Uh, and then, of course, you get into flashback stories. But um, I really want to specifically talk about, and I think I can bring a UK perspective to, the flashback story in Chaos Theory. Now, in Chaos Theory, uh, you see, which is the, the two issues that kind of James Roberts did back in the regular Transformers series uh, a little while before More Than Meets the Eye, um, Optimus Prime quotes Megatron's three questions that you should be able to ask anyone in power and uh, what he's actually doing is he's quoting Megatron but Megatron is quoting a British politician called Tony Benn uh, who had five questions that you should be ask, able to ask anyone in power and um, James Roberts took three of those for, for Megatron and I think it's a super interesting thing because he doesn't equate Megatron with someone obvious like Malcolm X. He equates him with uh, Tony Benn, who was like this kind of tweedy, cardigany, you know, bang the table member of parliament, smoking his pipe and going on left wing rallies. A kind of personal hero of mine, sadly no longer with us. Um, as far as I'm aware, he never threatened to shoot Margaret Thatcher with an arm mounted fusion cannon. But, you know, I'm not the man's biographer. He, he may have done at some point. And yeah, I just thought that would be an interesting thing. It doesn't equate him with a vicious Malcolm X fighter. He um, equates him with someone who's like kind of worked within the system and was quite a smooth political operator in many ways. And uh, I think that's interesting for setting up how he's going to use Megatron in the future. If he does, does Megatron show up? Who knows? Spoilers, spoilers. Uh, but anyway, yes, I'm really looking forward to hearing you talk about it on this week's episode. Till then, till all are one. Till all are one, Neil. Yeah, I, I uh, that's actually super interesting. I didn't know that, I, and I forgot um, to to read those those three questions that he had. But um, I think that's that's actually spot on um, because Megatron was trying to work in the system. He was mm -hmm. trying. Uh, he even said to his friend, who was like, "Let's just go beat him up" or whatever. He said, 
He's like, no, we, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do this through peace and through knowledge and information. That's how you know spreading the information is how we're gonna do this. And um, so yeah, he he wasn't a radical guy. He was a bang the table and let's you know talk about this. Also, um, James Roberts is um is from the UK, so um that that actually makes makes a lot of sense that you know Pro- probably knows some of those yeah politicians probably knows Neil. I mean, but thank you, Neil. Um, yeah, uh, Ultra Magnus is great. Um. He was one of the few guys that I, I knew who they were going into the series. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what it says about Neil's love for Ultra Magnus if he uh, if his desk is also as neat or if it's just uh, more of a living vicariously. Yeah, he just wishes he could be like Ultra Magnus. Also, shout out to Neil. We made fun of you uh, for saying Scavengers. Uh, he uh, then uh, messaged us directly and took us to task. At some point in some other issue, there they say that it is not pronounced scavengers. They don't tell you how it's actually supposed to be pronounced. I actually Neil shared a uh, like a Comic Con interview that uh, James Roberts did. He was asked this by a fan, and James Roberts said that um, in his mind, like um, the scavengers. Every time they're asked like what their names are, they say scavengers. They say it like they pronounce it differently every time. So <laughs> scavengers, scavengers, uh, scavengers, or whatever. You know, they, he, say, he says they 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 uh, they pronounce it differently like every time. So yes, Neil, I'm sorry you um, you you showed me. But to be fair, they haven't uh, they haven't gotten to that part. So Neil's just uh, reading ahead too far. I think. Yeah. yeah true. Actually, shame on you, Neil. <laughs> Spoilers, Neil. Uh, Our second letter comes to us from H. Caleb, Jim, it's H. I love Lost Light podcast, have really been enjoying it. Huge Transformers fan going back to the original cartoon back in the 80s and the movie, phenomenal, great soundtrack. Um, I did try on Caleb's recommendation and uh, Neil's recommendation. I tried reading More Than Meets the Eye a couple of years ago and just absolutely could not get into it at all. It was so dense and I felt like there were so many things that I just wasn't getting. And you are really bringing that to light with all of the descriptions of the history and, and the background and whatnot. So something that Caleb said the other episode that really tripped something in me was how do transformers reproduce. Uh, So I had a question of whether or not there was intercourse or whether or not they are created by someone. Uh, If so, who and how and what is the difference that makes a 1% uh, of the transformers be, you know, super all sparky. Um, So like, what is the deal there? Please educate me and tell me about that. And also about uh, male and female transformers. Uh, or transgender or non-gender. Um, thank you so much. I'll take the answer offline. H out. H, so glad you uh, you could write in. Yeah, um, I thought you were a real sicko the other day when you kind of offline asked me and Jim about the um, the Transformers reproduction reproductive cycle. Um, Wanted to know about no, robot see, sex. Yeah, um, I see that you 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 aren't a sicko that I can tell. Um, okay, so. Okay, so from Cybertron or one of its two moons, which there used to be energy from Cybertron itself would, uh, you know, like pulse through Cybertron or the moons and it would ignite these things called hotspots. Hotspots were basically like where sparks were and uh, it would ignite them. The the sparks would would, uh, shine and then people would go and harvest them 
nurture them, and then they would eventually become a transformer. Um, side note, the one percenter that you asked about, they don't really know why, but every once in a while, a spark would, would burn like exceptionally bright. And mm-hmm. it would actually be, all, most sparks were a, were a shade of blue. These one percenters would be like a bright green. And that's how they knew that that, that was a one percenter. I can't tell you why and wh- why, 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 which ones are which, but every once in a while you get the exceptionally bright spark. I think that comes down to the standard, like, uh, how do people, you know, get their talents in life? You know, if someone's a great piano player, where does that come from? You know, same yeah. thing as you're, you're a truck who can also have a, a force field. Well, you can also be a one percenter, and this is just kind of, uh, it happens. It's part of life, you know, whether you're a human yeah. or a Cybertronian. Yeah, not everybody that plays basketball is Michael Jordan. That's kind of like the uh, example I would use. You know, there's the 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 all stars, uh, you know, the once in a generation players, uh, transformers, or and then there's the guys that you know are better than the average, um, you know, person, but aren't quite that. So that process that I just described of uh, a spark being found, nurtured, and then grown into a transformer is called being forged. Um, basically, like a Kind of like consider it like natural birth. But sometime in the past, hotspots stopped igniting naturally. There was no new sparks found. And so cold constructed is basically they created a spark. So kind of think gene therapy or whatever. Basically, it's a, a like a lab created spark and they would put those in bodies. That's what cold constructed is. And that's where kind of the um, are you forged or cold constructed? You know, there was kind of some uh, like classism, uh, racism going on with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as uh, male, female, transgender, um, I think okay, there is female transformers. They um, uh, probably most famous w- would be RC. She was in the you know uh, animated movie from the eighties. Uh, that's where she was first introduced. Uh, it was kind of there was kind of no explanation of why. So there's that. There's also a thing that we'll, we're going to kind of get into. It's called Conjux Endura. It's basically um, a transformer's life partner. If, okay. I don't know if you've kind of noticed this, Jim. Have you noticed anything about uh, any of these guys that just seem like they're like in a relationship? So I know from general Twitter around the time that More of the Meets the Eye was happening that uh, Chrome Dome and Rewind pretty close to life partners. I don't remember. Yeah. I think it was early on uh, when everybody was getting aboard the Lost Light. There was some sort of a, a comment about rewinds previous partner had passed away or something mm-hmm. um very much like if you know to read between the lines because you have some idea about what's coming up uh, then you can kind of see these things but i don't think i would have like picked up on that if uh i wasn't on twitter around the time that these things were coming to light i kind of picked up that they were just like bros like uh life bros I kind of just kind of equated it to these guys had like been through war together and these were just like their, their best friends that, you know, like my best friends, but then at kind of reading the internet and and doing a little bit more research, because when I first was reading this, Mm -hmm. I was confused on a lot of things too. Um, That's when I kind of picked this up. So, I mean, read into it what what you will, if if they're um, in a, in a relationship or if they're just, uh, you know, life, life partners, just going through life together. Um, And um, yeah, rewind. When Rung got shot, him and Swerve were out there being punished. Right. The reason Rewind was being punished was they had found some, like, 
basically snuff films in his quarters or whatever. Um, there was even like a scene in one of the first couple of issues where he was like meeting somebody buying some stuff. And the guy was like, I wouldn't expect, you know, an Autobot like you to be into this kind of stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Rewind's um, original, you know, best friend, uh, life partner um, went missing. And he's like uh, constantly going through like autopsies and deaths um, to try to see if he can see if um, what happened to his friend. Uh. Um, so that's that's kind of re- rewinds deal, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's conjuncts conjuncts and dura is the the type the term that will you'll start to see pop up. Um, um, I hope that answered all your questions, H. Uh, so yeah, I, I, anybody that I've actually got to read this series really loved it. H was the one that didn't, uh, and I totally understand it. It, it does get bogged down um, with a lot of stuff, but I eat that stuff up, but I know not everyone can, and I totally understand. And I hope that, uh, that we are able to help because I think this series deserves to be read. Yeah. I get, it, it seems like H, uh, took the opposite of what I did where when somebody throws out a word or a location or a date or a war and just like, if I don't know what it is, I'm okay, whatever. I'm moving along because if it was super important, they would make sure I know what the hell they're talking about. You know, they would have another panel or something where they would explain it. Uh, so for me, it's just like, all right, this is a thing. Maybe it'll pan out. Maybe it won't. But it sounds like uh, H just kind of got overwhelmed by those details instead. Totally understandable. But yeah, um, I kind of take that in comics too. Like, if I need to know it, they'll probably do like the Chris Claremont thing and kind of beat me over the head with it, you know, <laughs> um, kind of explain to me somehow in conversation again and again what uh what it is yeah so i, I hope i answer your questions h i hope uh hope you stick around and and go through it and um i hope you enjoy it man i hope everyone enjoys it like i said i think this needs to be read and definitely see why why volume three was both your favorite and neil's favorite volume because it does it does a great job of setting up a story uh really expanding the universe beyond just these two sides of a coin that are always at war, giving a lot of history, and at the same time that that storytelling aspect of long-term flashbacks told by a group of friends over drinks. Yeah, and um, I will say, spoilers or whatever, but this whole little time period, and especially the, this, uh, the story that we heard during Shadowplay, that's going to be revisited a couple times. You can tell James Roberts loves that time period before the war. And also, he really mapped it out. He, had a, he, he definitely has a story to tell. Not just their quest for um, the Knights of Cybertron, but the pre-war stuff and the start of the Decepticon movement and all, how they all tied in, all these characters. Uh, this, there was nothing in there by accident. Even just a couple characters that had speaking roles, they'll probably become important. At, or not important, you'll see them again at some point. Yeah. So, spoilers. All right. Um, I don't know how you end. How do we end? If if you want to uh, find us on any of the social medias, uh, Lost Light Pod, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, there's a Facebook account that nobody's uh, has liked. Um, <laughs> we should be on iTunes shortly. Uh, probably by the time this episode hits. Uh, reach reach out to us on the social medias. Send us an email, a voicemail, lostlightpod at gmail.com, uh, and we'll uh, hear from you soon. It's all I want. 
Till all are one.